0: Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all with us this evening. We're going to begin by opening our hymn books. Let's turn to hymn 117 this evening. Hymn number 117. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Let's stand together in our red hymn books. 117 in your red hymn books. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Let's sing the first, the second, and the last this evening. Let's open our service this evening in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for again allowing us to meet together this evening, Lord. It's so wonderful to be able to come into your house and Sing praises to your name, Lord, and fellowship together as brethren, Lord, and to be able to hear your word preached, Lord. I pray that you'd open ears this evening, Lord, and I pray that you'd open our hearts, Lord, as we begin uh, to hear what it is that you have for us this evening. Lord, we're anticipating, Lord, that you're going to touch our hearts this evening, Lord, and I pray that you'd uh, let the message ring true today. Lord, we love you. Thank you again for meeting with us this morning or this evening, Lord. Uh, Thank you for all those who came out today, Lord. Thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, I pray for those who are not here this evening, Lord, I I pray that you'd bring them back to the flock. Lord, for whatever reason it may be, Lord, I pray that you'd just be with them. Uh, Lord, I give them strength, Lord, through their day-to-day walk. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated, and I have a few announcements for you this evening. just want to make mention of just a couple things. I want to remind every uh, the ladies real quick that Thursday, that's tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon, that is, at 12 o'clock, we're going to have our ladies' Bible study here at the church, and it's going to be a wonderful time for the ladies. So uh, if you would, please, ladies, make sure that you remember that for tomorrow at 12 o'clock. That's going to be here at the church. Uh, and then coming up this coming Friday, uh, I want to remind everybody that Friday we are having a uh, little bit of a work day here at the church. Uh, it's more so to get the Christmas play set up for the kids and I'm looking forward to that. I really am. I'm looking forward to seeing those kids. They have worked so hard uh, to get all of this ready and uh, to practice and to prepare uh, for this play and this program. So I'd encourage you if you're able to, uh, if you've got the time, uh, Friday night at 530, we're going to be meeting here at the church to get some of this set up. We're going to get uh, the the curtain set up here we're gonna get the Christmas tree set up we have some presents to wrap so if you're good at wrapping presents come out Friday night because your pastor is not good at wrapping presents I can't wrap presents to save my life so uh, we have just they're just empty boxes so don't worry we don't have to buy a bunch of presents or anything but we just need to wrap those empty boxes so uh, if you're able to that's gonna be this coming Friday at 530 Uh, and then of course we have that play practice the next day for the kids and we will be excited for that as well and then uh of course this coming sunday i'm very excited about it we have a big i mean this is a big sunday we've got a lot going on uh, But it's going to be wonderful, and I would encourage you to come for both the Sunday morning and the Sunday night. I know you'll be glad that you did, Uh, and I'm very excited about it. The morning service, of course, is going to be our Christmas play. All the kids are going to be getting together, and uh, they've been working really hard practicing songs and practicing verses and lines and and, uh, getting coordinated for that. So I'm very excited about that on Sunday morning. But then Sunday evening, we're going to have a good old-fashioned candlelight service. And uh, how many of y'all remember candlelight services? Growing up and uh, I remember it I was remembering this afternoon uh, uh, always having now in Canada they stopped us after the first couple years of our church we had I mean we had regular candles uh, for the first uh, probably five or six years of our church and then uh, the uh, fire department came in and uh, they audited us and made us use the little electric candles. Uh, so I, we, didn't, we didn't get to have uh, the real candles for very long, but I'm excited we got real candles, and I'm very excited about that for this coming Sunday night. And uh, invite your friends and your family for that, for both services, actually. Uh, they're both gonna be wonderful services. Both, both services uh, will, of course, be Christmas-oriented. So, of course, uh, the story of Jesus and his birth but also his death on the cross will be preached both services and uh, so if you have unsaved friends or family that might come for a christmas uh, event i would invite them for this it'll be a wonderful wonderful time so again uh, december the 17th this coming sunday the morning service is the christmas play the evening service is our candlelight service and i would encourage you please be there for both of those as well and then i also want to remind everybody uh, and and to look forward to our christmas eve service as well Uh, that sunday morning we've got a special special coming in for that, and I know uh, you all will very much enjoy that, and I'm very excited for that. And then also, uh, I want to make mention uh, that a week from today, uh, on next Wednesday, I'm excited. We're going to have uh, Brother Jesse come, and, and he's going to speak for us. That evening and I'm very excited for that and then brother Ray the next Wednesday is gonna speak for us and I'm very excited about both of those and uh, pray for them uh, as they are preparing uh, for both of those as well and again pray for brother Curtis as he's gonna be speaking uh, this coming or not not this Sunday, but the next Sunday after. Very excited about all of those services. Man, we've got some pretty big services coming up, don't we? And uh, I'm very excited about all of these. And uh, so please be praying for each and every one of these services. I believe that's all the announcements that I have for today. If you, if you would, please uh, get your bulletins out. If you don't already have them out, we're going to sing our song of the month. Our song of the month together this evening. Go tell it on the mountain. We'll sing it together this evening. Between the verse and the chorus gets longer every time that I do it. I don't know. It just seems right, though. I just hold it out for a little bit longer each time. Let's get our Bibles out, shall we? If you would please stand with me, we're going to do our scripture reading at this time. Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 this evening, in verse number 36. If you'll uh, turn there with me and then stand once you're there. Uh, Matthew chapter number 26, in verse number 36 is where we'll begin. I'll begin reading on verse number 36. If you'll join in with me on verse number 37, we'll read responsively down through verse 46 this evening. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36, and going down through verse 46. I just realized that it's 26, 36, 46. I didn't even realize that. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse number 36. If you're there this evening, say amen. 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 Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And all together on verse 46. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our hymn books out one final time this evening. We'll turn to hymn 113 in your red hymn books. Hymn number 113 in your red hymn books. God rest ye merry gentlemen. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last this evening of hymn number 113. hymn. Actually, probably one of my favorites. I love the tune of that hymn. Let's get our Bibles out, if you would, please. Again, Matthew chapter number 26 is where we're going to be at this evening. Matthew chapter 26, continuing uh, on our journey from the cradle to the cross. And I have again thoroughly enjoyed uh, our study as we've gone through this. We've been through quite a few uh, uh, different places in the life of Christ as we have come through uh, the last few weeks together uh, preparing for the Christmas season. And uh, tonight we are finishing up in the upper room. And uh, last on Sunday night, uh, we were looking at how Jesus came and even though he was 100% God, he still came down and humbled himself and washed the disciple or the apostle's feet that evening. And uh, I said, that's probably not something that I ever would have done. I'm sorry, but I'm not washing your feet. Uh, we will not be having foot washing ceremonies at this church. It's just not something that I'm interested in. And uh, just a tiny bit grossed out by washing somebody else's feet. But hey, uh, Jesus came and humbled himself. Amen. I can't say that I'm as humble as Jesus was. He came and humbled himself so much so that he came down. And and uh, of course, he humbled himself in baptism. But we also see that he humbled humbled himself by washing the apostles feet Uh, we see also that he was giving them an example there Uh, he wanted them to go and do likewise that was his whole thing Uh, jesus said to them know you what i have done unto you he was asking them do you understand what i was exemplifying here for you and we see that jesus was telling them hey uh, you see what i'm doing to you now you go and do it to the next person now you go and do it to the next person. Uh, he said, hey, do you know how much I love you? Well, if you do, then you better go and love someone likewise. Do you see what I'm doing here to your feet? I'm, I'm getting down as a servant and I'm serving you. Now go and do thou likewise. That's what Jesus was telling us here uh, as he's beginning to get to where we're at right now. And uh, we're looking here and they're about to leave the upper room. Let's look there together. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 36. So they've just left the upper room and they're coming to a place called Gethsemane. Verse number 36, it says here, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now. And take your rest. behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. So again, we finished off on Sunday night, where Jesus had just finished washing the feet of the apostles. Once Jesus had or sorry, once Satan had entered Judas and he left the upper room, Jesus began to teach those who were left. That's what we looked at uh, on Sunday evening, looking at the teachings that he gave. He spent his last few hours of freedom on this earth teaching his Apostles. Now, if we were to take the time this evening, we could go into the book of John and and read much of the record of most of his teachings that he gave that evening. Uh, We will not be taking the time this evening to look through all of that. This evening, I'd like to focus on one command that was given as they left the upper room and made their way closer to the cross. Hi, Don. Good to see you. Uh, But let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into it this evening. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for allowing us to meet together this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we go through this and look at uh, the admonition Uh, that you gave to the apostles, uh, Lord, while you were praying that evening. Lord, I pray that you be with us this evening. Lord, I pray that as we get the same admonition, Lord, we take it to heart and use it in our daily walk. Lord, I love you. I thank you for allowing us to meet together this evening. Lord, I pray that you speak to hearts. Lord, I pray that my words would not be heard, but that your words would be heard this evening. Lord, I love you. Thank you for allowing us to meet together again. In your name I pray. Amen. So the Bible records for us that they had sung a hymn together before leaving the upper room. Now, I I remember my dad speaking about uh, this hymn that they would have sung, and uh, we sang some hymns just a second ago, did we not, and uh, thinking about kind of setting the tone for what had just taken place, and uh, their hymns were nothing like the hymns that we sing today. And uh, we say that they had sung a hymn, but uh, it was nothing like the hymn that we sang. I know uh, we had a, a man who was at one point was a devout Jew who used to come to our church in canada and i always enjoyed talking to him he gave some pretty uh, interesting lessons and, and gave it gave us some insight into the jewish culture and uh some and of course he had he had converted and he had become a born-again christian and uh and so he began to teach us a little bit uh about what what it was that was really he would go deep into this jewish culture and uh but it, it speaks about how they had sung a hymn and and uh, i remember thinking back when my dad is spoken some uh, about this passage of scripture here, and uh, he had him come up and had him do one of the hymns that they had sung, and they say they had sung a hymn, but really it was not singing of any sort, it was a chant, that they would chant, and, and, and I'm trying to uh, remember the, I'm trying to think of the um, word that it was, but it's, it's the word that they use for Psalms 116 to Psalm 118. And they would chant that and chant it over and over again. And that that would have been something like what they would have been singing uh, that night, and it was, again, it was more of a chant, but anyhow, that's just, just something to get our minds into where they are at this evening, and uh, as they are in this upper room. So, uh, after they had sung a hymn, and, and and it was now time to go, they headed out to Gethsemane to pray, and uh, again, this would have been a continuation of the celebration of the feast uh, of the Passover. Now, we all ought to know what the Passover is. Uh, if you go back into Genesis, and or sorry, back into Exodus, uh, and you see the Exodus of of the Israelite people out of Egypt, uh, we saw that what was the last thing that had to take place? It was the Passover. Remember that uh, when uh, they came up out of Egypt, and before that, though uh, the final plague that came was when the angel of death came and killed all of the firstborn, and the only ones who were saved were the ones who had put the lamb's blood uh, on the corners and over the top of their uh, uh, their doorway there, and that was the Passover. And after that, if you look into Exodus. I believe it is chapter 14 and 15. Jesus, or or God, sorry, God gives them uh, these commands to continue to celebrate that as time goes on and to celebrate the mercy of God on his people and this would again uh, that's what they were celebrating that evening right before uh, Jesus was crucified they were celebrating the Passover isn't it kind of interesting that just moments before they crucified the Savior they were celebrating the mercy of God and they had the mercy of God standing right there in front of them how interesting is that? Just a thought that, 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 that came to mind there. But they had no idea. They would have, uh, much, of, much of the people around them that day, of the Israeli people, would have been celebrating this Passover, which they were, of course, in all knowledge, celebrating the mercy of God, when in reality they had the mercy of God standing right there in front of them. And they were about to crucify him. And that was the mercy of God. But uh, anyhow, let's continue here. We see that Jesus continued to teach them as they walked. And then as they arrived at Gethsemane, Jesus gave eight of the disciples the instruction in the Garden of Gethsemane to sit while he went to the Mount of Olives to pray. He took with him the three closest to him, Peter, James, and John. The three who he had sent to prepare the Passover and the three that he had brought with him as he was transfigured. He did not allow the other eight to see him in his hour of distress. He only allowed those closest to him to see his agony over the work that he was about to do. Let's take a look at his agony uh, this evening in verses 37 and 38 of our text. Let's look at it together. It says here, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. We see the great agony in the voice of our Savior during this time. And I, I like to look at this and it gives me some perspective as to really what our Savior was going through. Uh, we do not see this type of language out of Jesus very often, even throughout His earthly ministry. And all that He was going through, and, and, and the blasphemy that He had to go through, and the, and the persecution that He had to go through, He did not use this, uh, this type of language as He was going through all of those trials and tribulations. Yet coming to His crucifixion, He knew what awaited Him. And He chose to bring three of His very closest friends along with Him, To see him and and to be there with him. And we see our Lord give the command here to watch. That's what he says there at the end of verse 38. Look there with me. It says uh, at the very last part of verse 38. It says, tarry ye here and watch with me. You know the idea that we may have in our head of Christ's command was to watch or, or to keep an eye out. You know, uh, we think of, uh, you know, when, when they, uh, soldiers were told to keep watch, right? Uh, they have their gun with them and they're watching. They've got their binoculars and they're making sure that nobody's going to come and get whatever it is that they're not supposed to get. And that's the idea that, that I even had in my head. Uh, For many, many years as I would study through this, I would think, yeah, they were supposed to look out there, make sure nobody came and took Jesus, or, or nobody came and hurt Jesus while he was out there praying. But that was not the commandment that Jesus was commanding them that evening. To watch in this instant literally means to stay awake. Just to stay awake. Jesus was earnestly praying to the Father in this moment. And the expectation was for the three he took with him. And again, remember, these were the three that were the closest to him. The three that were the very closest to him, he took them with him. And all that he asked them to do was to stay awake and pray with him. That's all that he asked of them. He wanted their support. He wanted the closeness of his friends. Remember that he was 100% man. We remember that, right? Yes, he was 100% God, and sometimes we put it up on a pedestal and say, hey, he didn't really have to deal with all that. Well, he did. He was 100% man when he went through that. He needed them to enter into their prayer closet with him before the throne of the Father. That's what he wanted from them. He needed his friends to stick with him and pray with him along to the Father. He also knew that in this moment that these three that were closest to him would be tried by the devil and sifted as wheat. Is that not what he says to Peter? He says, Peter, I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. They needed to watch and pray, and he needed them to watch and pray with him. Jesus, the God of all creation is now the loneliest man on earth. Let's take a look at our text again in verse number 39. It says here, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. There must have been a lot of anguish in our Savior for him to have had to really get to that point where he even would ask his Father and say, Is there any way, is there any other way for this to take place? What great anguish he would have had to have been in. I mean, just thinking forward as to what was going to take place. Verse number 40, let's look there together. It says here, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I notice in this passage of scripture that Peter, again, has to be rebuked by Jesus. How often are we the Peter in the situation? I, I ought to write a message just, just titled The Peter of the Situation. Because I was, I was talking about it. Uh, what was it? It was, it was actually it was Sunday night, was it not? Uh, we were talking about washing feet. And, and Peter says, uh, no, I'm not good. You, you better not wash my feet, Jesus. If anything, I need to be washing your feet. And, and then all of a sudden we see him turn around real quick uh, when Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. I, I'm so much like Peter. I feel like I would be. I feel like I would be the Peter in the situation 90% of the time. This is a pivotal moment in the life of Jesus on his journey to the cross. And what's Peter doing? He's asleep. He's asleep. He's. I don't know. I can't. It doesn't say that Peter snored, but if he, if Peter's anything like me, he probably was had drool coming out of his mouth and he was snoring while Jesus was over there in anguish. Uh, can, can we not all attest to the fact that we're probably 90% of the time the Peter in the situation? Your pastor's saying, I'm, I'm the Peter in 90% of the situation. And again, uh, how often? Uh, we don't see Jesus single out disciples very often, do we? But he singled out Peter quite often. Now again, oh, we see that. And in, in, in did we not see that Peter, uh, after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, did we not see Peter as one of the greatest Do we not see Peter as one of the ones who went and did the most for Christ? Yes, we talk about Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul did a lot. Paul did a lot for Christ, but was not Peter one of the greatest disciples or apostles after? Was he not pivotal in the in the starting of the early Christian church? So maybe it was, does not the Bible speak about how uh, to whom much is given, much is required? So we see often that Peter, uh, again, is the one who is is rebuked quite often. And, and we see that, though, is it not because Peter oftentimes was the one uh, who was taking the step forward before the step forward needed to be taken? And he'd often uh, trip over his own shoelaces and, and put his foot in his mouth half of the time. But then again, the Bible does say, to whom much is given, much is required. And we see that Peter uh, had a lot that was given to him. But even still... We see that Peter, again, had fallen asleep. And this is, again, a very pivotal moment in the life of Christ. Jesus had instructed them to simply watch, meaning stay awake and pray. But Peter and the other disciples, they fell asleep. You know, Peter was the one, uh, did he not, who who, uh, told Jesus that he would never deny him. To which Christ told Peter that Satan wanted to have him. And do we not see just a few verses, or maybe even a chapter later, what, is, what does Peter do? He denies him three times. You know, the devil will never stop laying temptations at our feet to cause us to stumble in our walk with God. Jesus tells us, don't fall asleep. Stay awake and pray. And we see that Peter, uh, throughout his, his ministry, was he not willing he really wanted to do these things that were good for God, but what do we see is that his flesh was weak. Is that not what, uh, what Jesus says here in verse number 41 of our text? Look at it with me. It says here, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Is that not so true in our daily walk? I can tell you right now, for me, my spirit is always willing. I always say, man, I want to do great things for God. I, I, want to, I, I want to be out there every day giving out the gospel. But is our flesh not the, the thing that comes up on a, on a Saturday morning and says, oh, man, you know, you worked hard all week. You, you don't have to worry about uh, giving out the gospel this weekend. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that is why Peter needed to watch and pray. We see the apostle Paul wrote to the church concerning this need in the believer's life today. Let's turn there, if you would, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you'll turn there with me. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 1 is where we'll begin. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 1, it says here, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Verse number 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch, and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith, and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with them. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even, also, even as also ye do. We learned last week that we were to do unto others, or unto each other, as Christ exampled for us in watching the disciples' feet. He exampled us to be servants one to another. Now we see this evening that Christ also wants us to wake up and pray so that we will not stumble and fall. Each one of us, your pastor included, is on the brink every day of darkness. We must watch and pray so that we do not enter into temptation or enter into darkness. Peter failed in this moment, though God never condemned him for his failure do you notice that he is not condemned because of his failure God or Jesus simply warned him and still loved him afterwards God does not want us to fail thus Jesus told these three men and he of course hopes for us to take heed to this as well watch watch and pray We better stay awake spiritually and stay in the presence of the throne of grace, or we will stumble and fall. This evening, we are going to come before the throne of grace. We're going to have a time of prayer together this evening. We're going to spend some time together praying for the things that we need. Why? Because we must watch and pray. We must watch and pray. It must be a daily thing where we get on our knees or, or, or sit in our chair uh, or, or as we're driving to work, whatever, we need to watch and pray. Why? So that we don't enter into temptation. So that we don't enter into darkness. I'll say this, the days that the, that the temptation are the worst are the days that I've forgotten to pray. The days where I feel the farthest away from God are the days that I've forgotten to pray. The admonition of the Savior that we are being given this evening is very simple. There's no uh, great theological uh, uh, discussion needed for this tonight. It is simply to watch and pray. Dear Christian, this evening, stay awake. Be awake in your spiritual walk. Stay in the Word of God. Keep reading the Word of God. Keep studying the Word of God. And don't forget to pray. Don't forget to spend some time in prayer. Don't forget to spend some time with God. If we continually forget, we're going to slip off into darkness. That darkness is a separation from the wonderful relationship you can have with God. That doesn't mean uh, that you're not saved when you slip into that. No, that's not the case at all. Just because you fall into temptation does not mean you're not saved, uh, but it means that you lose that close relationship with Jesus. It means you lose that relationship with God. You know what? Jesus knew that these three were going to need a prayer life. Jesus knew that. He said, just just please stay awake with me and pray. You're going to need it. Satan wants you. Dear Christian, tonight... You're in church, yes, but tomorrow, Satan wants you. Tonight when you get home, Satan wants you. He wants to sift you. He wants to toss you to and fro and keep you confused. He wants to keep you from what it is uh, that God has for your life. He wants to keep you away from the wonderful plans and the blessings that God has prepared for you. This evening, Christian, watch. And pray that you fall not into temptation this evening we're gonna watch and pray together for a few moments we're gonna have a little prayer meeting together and we're gonna watch and pray we have some requests to pray for but we can even when we get home or tomorrow make sure you watch and pray stay in the word stay on your knees Watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. That's the admonition of the Savior. He's gone through the upper room, his humbling. He's gone through his teaching, through the baptism that he went through, the temptations that he went through. He has been born, of course. He's uh, shown his excitement all over the nation. And now we see that the very next time we see him, he'll be on the cross. We've gone through so much together looking at our Savior. Our Savior. We've gone through so much looking at his life. I feel like we should have a good idea of who he is. We looked at his love the other night. We looked at his example on Sunday. Tonight we look at his admonition. One of of the final teachings that he gives to his disciples before he goes onto the cross. He simply says, watch and pray the admonition of the Savior, next Sunday night, we're going to look at the gospel of the Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you that we've been able to go through this study together. Lord, this is the last Wednesday night that we're going to have together. Lord, it's been such a journey. Lord, I I have greatly enjoyed this journey that we've been on. Lord, I pray that it has been something that we can take to heart. Lord, and something that we can allow to mold our view of this holiday season. Lord, I think for each and every one of us as Christians, our view of the holidays should come, yes, with great excitement for your birth, but also with great thankfulness for your death on the cross. Lord, I pray that we remember these things as we go through this holiday season. Lord, we've got some busy days ahead. Lord, Christmas always brings so much hustle and bustle and noise and family and, and all that. And all that's good, Lord, but I pray that we'd keep our minds in the right place as we go through this holiday season. It can be so easy, Lord, to forget, to watch, and pray, and stay close to you during this holiday season, Lord. But I pray not only in my life, Lord, but in the lives of our church people, Lord that we would stay committed, Lord, that no matter how busy the holiday season gets, that we would still make you and your word a priority. Lord, we need you as we go from this place today. Lord, as we are about to have a prayer meeting together, Lord, I pray that you'd lend an ear to our requests. Lord, And whatever your will would be, Lord, I pray that they would be done in everything that we pray for this evening. In your name I pray, amen. Okay, does anybody, does anybody need a prayer list this evening? Anybody need a prayer list this evening? I'm going to stop the recording.